Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Today on Start, Scale, Succeed, I am chatting with entrepreneur and business strategist, Dominique Monalali, and we are going to be chatting about goals. We're going to be talking about setting them, how you can make sure you achieve them, and what to do when it goes a bit wrong. I first met Dominique early in 2021 when I attended her Financially First course, and what I love about Dominique is her no-bullshit attitude and that she calls a spade a spade. There's absolutely no hiding when you're working with Dominique. Without further ado, let's get going. Thank you very much, Dominique, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Now, I know you wear a few hats when it comes to business, but if you could share about what it is you do and your background. So I'm a a business strategist um, and consultant. And fundamentally, I just I help women in business, particularly in the online space, build businesses from the ground up. So really understanding how to build solid foundations that allow for sustainable, profitable business. So looking at things like mindset, sales, marketing, financials, all the things that contribute to actually having a profitable business. And I think, like you said, that that key is it being sustainable so that from an energy level point of view, from a financial point of view, you know, and it's not this kind of peaks and troughs when it comes to, to income as well. No, absolutely. Because, I mean, no one wants that. From a nervous system perspective, it's not a, place, a nice place to be. Um, we want to create stability and we want to create predictability. That is the stuff that allows us to be able to sleep at night um, and to have peace and ease in our business. I mean, it's very, very hard to operate it, um, in a business or in any capacity when you're frantic. Um, and if you don't have those stable foundations in place, you're always going to be in feast and famine cycles and continuously looking for the next sale and the next sale and the next sale just to generate the revenue. So it's about creating secure foundations that remove all of that and give you the confidence and the clarity to be able to make decisions in your business from a database perspective and not a drama based perspective, which is where the emotional side of it comes into it. Great. And today we're going to be talking about goals. And I know we're recording this in January, but this is going to be relevant for people whenever they're setting goals. So that's quarter, you know, quarter goals, 90 day goals or whatever, you know, whatever point when you are setting goals um, for yourself. So what should you be focused on when first setting your goals? Yeah. So the first thing that I would say is really understand the reasons behind setting the goals. So what we see quite often in business is people setting revenue targets that are arbitrary numbers. They pick a a revenue target out of thin air because they see people talking about six figures or they think that that's the definition of success. Um, And, you know, building a profitable, sustainable business takes time and it takes steps and milestones. So, you know, it's not, I'm not saying you can't go from zero to, you know, 100,000 in a year, because absolutely you can. And there are people who do exceed even more than that in in their first year of business. 
but it's being realistic in terms of what it is that you're putting out there and what you have to offer, but really understanding what's the driving motivation and the force behind that, really understanding, okay, by setting your goals, what is that going to contribute to by way of your business or your lifestyle? Because if you're not motiva- motivated intrinsically um, to the goals that you're actually setting, it becomes a lot harder to achieve them because they actually have no meaning. Mm-hmm. So from, an, from a goal perspective, we always want to be understanding the emotional attachment to the, the reasons for actually setting the goal. Like what's the thing that's going to make the difference in our business or our life by actually achieving that goal? Because there are times, and we know business, building a business is not easy. It's hard. There are times where you will doubt yourself. Um, you will want to throw in the towel. You'll just think, what am I doing this for? There's no point. Um, but having a, a real emotional attachment to those goals is a thing that can helps you to kind of, I guess, push through and continue to push through day in and day out when those hard times or those challenges do present themselves. And if someone is starting out and say we're talking about product businesses, <clears throat> excuse me, and they are setting goals, where should they start? Or like what kind of buckets should they separate things into from a goals yeah. point of view? Yeah. So I think the first thing is thinking about, okay, starting with what, like uh, your salary. So understanding, okay, what's the goal from a salary perspective? Because at the end of the day, your business should be providing you with an income. And in those first stages of business, you know, the, the salary you might be taking might be minimal, but you need to be setting targets and milestones that help you understand when you've actually achieved the next step of, you know, your definition of success. So start with your income, understand, okay, what's the income goal that you need to be setting to actually allow yourself to take a consistent salary? And then you want to be understanding how much is actually costing you to run the business. So what is the break-even cost, not from a profitable perspective, but just the break-even cost to ensure that all of the financial responsibilities in your business, your costs of goods, all of those types of things are being taken care of. And then you want to add your tax um, obligations on top of that, because again, this is where when people don't consider tax obligations and when they're doing their revenue goal setting, they come short at the end of the year and they find themselves in these, these feast and famine cycles. So understanding your tax obligations. And then on top of that, you want to think about, okay, the end of the year, if I could take home a nice bonus, what would that look like from a monetary perspective and add that on? And when you do that, what you'll do is you'll come to an annual amount and then you reverse engineer it from there. And you want to split everything into quarterly goals. It's a lot easier to do business in 90-day sprints yeah. than it is to try and accomplish a one-year goal. So for some, a lot of people, it's it's the, the vision is too big. So we have to start incrementally. We start with the 12-month goal. We understand what the 12-month goal is. We know what we're working towards, but then we actually break it into 90-day sprints and work uh, in that way. I think it's so important for people to break it down to the 90-day because some people, you know, they set their goals and it's like, right, I'll set aside a day, I'll do my goals, and then that's done and they're in a cupboard, you know, or they're not in front of them where they, at their workstation or wherever, that they don't often see them. But also it's like, oh yeah, I've ticked that and I'm going to, I've got these goals. And then they might not look at it again until the following year and go, did I achieve that? Oh, actually, no, I didn't. Or that they can set the goals, feel completely overwhelmed and then just go, right, I can't actually do this. So when you're breaking it down then, so you'd say set set your goals and then break it down into 90 90 day goals and I think what's also good to do on that is having your monthly milestones so you break your 90 days down further 
um, to your weekly wins and then your daily activities to help. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And what would you say are the habits that help people achieve their goals? Um, accountability and really understanding what your KPIs are every single week and what you're working towards. So again, the reason that people get overwhelmed is because they think too big. We need to break it into achievable and manageable targets. So it's understanding, okay, if you're looking at, for example, a 90 day sprint, what's the three goals that uh, you need to achieve over that first quarter that contribute to your 12-month goal. And then break those down into action sets and items because all of those action sets and items will have subtasks. Understand, okay, what's the milestones and the goals that we need to tick in order for that to contribute to the overarching goal. But what we need to ensure that we're doing is always be focused on the revenue-generating tasks. As a business owner, we need to outsource as quickly as possible the stuff that we uh, that is not contributing to our bottom line so admin tasks things like that so when you're setting your goal what I would also ask you to think about is how can you bring someone on as quickly as possible that allows you to do the stuff that you're really good at and also contributes that bottom line because what I see a lot of business owners doing is get caught up in the doing and the doing that they're doing is this is the non-revenue generating tasks and activity so the revenue generating tasks and activity is things like sales and marketing those are the most important key tasks that are always going to be contributing and moving the needle to your overarching 12-month goals so really ask yourself what are the most important tasks that you need to be doing on a daily basis so how are you marketing yourself how are you marketing your business how are you promoting um, your products and your services whatever it is that you're offering and then how are we measuring that so it's understanding what are the action items that you need to be doing on a daily basis and what does that look like by way of activity but the most important thing is to focus on your revenue generating tasks, the things, as I said, that are going to really contribute to your overarching goals. So they're the most important things for you to focus on. And I remember when I when I did the course with you last year, and there were some product people that were on the course as well. And one of the fears I think that product business owners have is taking staff on, you mm-hmm. know. And, yeah. But uh, and but one of the ways that you were talking about that. Uh, if I remember rightly, when I did the course is looking at, right, what is the return that they are going to give you and how will that help your business accelerate from a financial point of view? And then you can weigh up the costs, you know, if they're, if it's a minimum wage or whatever versus the return that they will give you. Can explain that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. So this is, as you said, it's a a big mindset block that I see for a lot of uh, business owners is taking that next step to investing in staff because then they're thinking, okay, well, now it's not just my wage I have to consider, it's someone else's. And that can be a really scary prospect for a lot of people. But we want to be making investments, not on where we are now, but where we want to be and where we need to be. So it's really thinking about what are the most important roles in your business that you need to outsource that are going to free your time up, as I said, to spend more time on the most important activities, which is the the marketing and the sales. As a business owner, that's our primary role, is always to be marketing and selling. So thinking about looking at where you're spending the majority of your time, what is taxing your time and your energy, and where do you need to outsource that to get the greatest return? Now, it could be, for example, 
social media. It could be a product-based business. It could just be packing and yeah. going to the post office. It could be simple things like that. But you need to understand from a time and an energetic perspective how that then contributes to the bottom line. By you not having to go to the post office or to pack your own boxes, is there ability to outsource that to a, a, um, a warehouse, for example? And yes, there will be an initial outlay, but really understanding, okay, it's a short-term um, pain for a long-term gain. So yes, you might feel a bit of a pinch from a revenue perspective initially, but then how does that then compound to actually uh, facilitate the ability to generate more revenue three months, four months, six months, 12 months um, into the future? So it's it's really understanding that yes, you will take an absolute hit on your profit margins initially, but we need to think about the big picture here. And as I said, not invest for where we are, but where we want to be. And I think as well, a good thing for people to do when they're looking at their goals is looking at the structure of their week. And so that they're not busy fools or just going from task to task. And if we take kind of picking and packing and those kind of things, for examples, rather than, you know, going to the post office every, every time you get an order is saying, you know, is making that declaration on your website, I post three times a week, or, you know, it's, you'll receive within X amount of days. And then, then you have a structure that you can, get someone one day a week or two days a week and say, right, you can pick and pack for me, you know, or, you know, you can collaborate with another business owner and you can share the same staff member, you know, if you, but you know, if one person doesn't have enough work to give them, you know, so I think it's about thinking differently about that, but then also structuring your week so that you're not hopping from one task to the other, that you've got that focus time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, one tip I can give your listeners is, is, really um, spend a week or two time tracking. And what I mean by that is looking at how you are actually spending your days and how productive are you really being? Because if you're constantly flitting from task to task, you're doing one thing one minute and the next minute you're over here. And as you said, you're at the post office and then you're packing uh, boxes and then you're off doing social media. What that does is it creates overwhelm and it also creates Uh, almost like paralysis analysis perspective Mm. because your brain is physically overwhelmed it can't be productive so what I do is time block so I will say okay for example on Tuesday Tuesday is the only day that I will record my podcast episodes or have guests on Wednesday and Thursday for example they're the days that I have all of my client calls client calls or meetings And then Friday is the day that I do my CEO day and I have my admin and all of that kind of stuff. So it's really looking at time track for two weeks, understand how you're spending the majority of your time, because I think you'd be really surprised that a lot of the time that you're spending is actually, again, is not contributing to the bottom line. And they're the tasks that we want to be outsourcing as quickly as possible. But time tracking is a really good way to get a clarity and a clear perspective on how you're utilizing time your time so that you can actually do better. So I think time blocking and really getting clarity on set days will also help you to be more productive. And for those that are listening, I've not used it myself, but I've heard Toggle is a good, um, there's a, a, an app called Toggle, yes. which I know a lot of VAs use to kind of track the time they're doing for, for different clients, but yes. it might be one to have a look at. But also from a planning point of view, Asana, I find very good. Um, yeah for helping you kind of structure your day and organize your day. It's like a project management tool and there's, there's free area. There's, um, there's a free basic package that you can use. And with the SANA, if you've got 
uh, if you've got ad hoc people working with you, you can email them the tasks so it's all in one place and then they can see the board. So that's quite a good uh, project management tool. And I think back to your point about those revenue generating tasks, um, I think a good thing, I've started doing something that is instead of giving myself a to-do list, because you know your to-do list can be like three pages long sometimes, mm. is have more of a, what are the, what are my goal achieving activities? Yes. So, you know, and then kind of book. So if, if it's a, what am I going to do that's related to sales today? What mm. am I going to do? You know, and then you might have the others, but it's like, right, what can wait what Absolutely. can be delegated, you know, what is actually really necessary or nice to do. And yeah. I think rather than people then having a big long to-do list, if it's break, maybe breaking it down into either goal achieving activities or revenue, revenue generating yes. tasks, I think then it, that really highlights the amount of crap you do in your day that doesn't make you any money. Absolutely. You know, that you maybe don't actually need to do or that you could delegate to somebody else when you're yeah. when you're at that stage. And, you know, it might take a while to get at that stage. But I think it's like you've said before, it's like if you get to that stage sooner. And that's what I've heard other people say is they wish that they had either employed people in their business sooner or asked for help sooner so that they could accelerate faster. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Because if you're spending time on the stuff that does not contribute to your bottom line, then that's time that you're taking away from, again, marketing and selling your business. As a business owner, that is our primary role. We need to be talking out there, talking to people about our products and our services and putting ourselves out there so that people know who we are and what we have to offer. That is our primary role. When people are setting goals, what should be, I mean, and I'm going to talk, ask you about smart goals here really to kind mm. of go through that so that, because some people are, you know, a dab hand at this, other people will have left a corporate job, had goals and had business goals, but they were goals that were almost, that were set by somebody else, you know, okay. because they were working to a business, uh, another business's objective. So when you are setting goals, can you explain SMART goals to me and how people should set their goals? Yeah. So in order, you know, we need to be specific about what it is that we're trying to accomplish. And we need to understand what the measure of achievement of that goal is. So this is where a SMART goal comes into it. So specific, really specifying what is the goal you're looking to achieve. For example, so specific, it's called specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. So I'll, ta I'll talk to realistic first, because again, when we think about revenue targets, a lot of people will be like, oh, I want to make 150,000 pounds in my business in, in you know, first five months of revenue. That's great. That's amazing. But is that realistic? Is that realistic in terms of what it is you have to offer from a profit, uh, sorry, from a product or a service-based perspective? Does you, are you able to generate that by way of the volume against the price point of the product itself okay so that's where the realistic element comes into it you have to really understand <clears throat> what it is that you're promoting from it, from that perspective and then you need to be specific so you say okay well i'm going to set set a goal of 150,000 okay so the specific specificity is 150,000 
the VEGAT is 150,000. The, re the, the goal is the revenue of 150,000. The, um, the measure is 150,000. Achievable, again, how are we going to achieve this? What products or services are we going to be promoting in order to help us achieve that goal? Is it realistic? Because again, it needs to be realistic. Do you have uh, the resources available by way of, uh, are you able to facilitate that? Do you have enough people on your team to help you pack and um, package, package um, promote and push the product? And then what's the timeline behind that? So for some people, if you're looking at a revenue goal, it would be 12 months. So what that does is by setting a smart goal, it, it helps us to become super focused um, on what specifically we are working towards and what the measure of the actual goal is. So it needs to be very specific. I said, I will achieve 150,000 pounds in revenue by the 31st of December. 2022 and then it then becomes a case of reverse engineering that to understand okay how do we achieve it is it realistic is it timely all of those types of things and i think like you said in terms of say a revenue goal if you've got a revenue goal of 150 you break that down then per per quarter break it down then per month break it down per week break it down per day so that you're when you're looking at your sales every week so i think a lot of some product people are love the product love the creative side but then shy away from the numbers yes and your business can't keep on going if you shy away from the numbers. You no. know, you might, no. when you, you know, I know um, someone who is turning over quite a lot, but then when they actually looked at some numbers, they were making like 41p profit on a, a sweatshirt that costs 35 quid. Wow. You know? So when they, when they narrowed it all down, you know, um, but so it's like, I said, you know, breaking it down to the daily. And if you don't make the daily, it's then right. What are you going to do? Or the weekly it's that goes into the next week. You know, it's what do you exactly. need to do to make those goals? And I think, you know, for some people that are listening, they may have wholesale goals. You know, they might, it might be right. I want to be in 30 wholesale. Um, I want to be in 30 retailers this year, or you know, whatever, 30, let's say 30 retailers this year. All right. Then that's breaking it down, but it's like, what are the activities? How often are you exactly. doing, about, you know, you're going to get loads of no's. Yes. You know? And so, but wholesale can be part of that 150 K revenue, but yeah. you'll get loads of no's. So you need to be like every week reaching out to get, to get into 30 retailers. You might need to contact 90 or hundred, exactly. you know? So it's being realistic about the time that you've to spend reaching out yeah. and then, you know, being persistent in getting the, um, getting the accounts then as well and, and how that can contribute. Absolutely. Um, if it goes wrong. So if it all goes awry, I suppose if you're looking at goals, if you are, you know, if you're not putting it in a box and going, right, I'll look at that now in January, the 1st of January the next year and see if I achieve my goals, you should know whether you're on track or not yes. um, to achieve your yearly goals. If, if it goes wrong or if, it, if you start to see it go off track, what would you advise? So you have to understand why it's going off track. Like, are you actually, so the first thing I would ask is like, are you doing the work that's required to actually achieve that goal? Because mm -hmm. just because you set the goal and you set the attention doesn't mean you're actually doing the work that's then required to actually achieve that goal. So you need to be really honest with yourself and say, okay, mm -hmm. am I doing the marketing activities? It was, again, it was from a revenue perspective. I'll just use that as an example. Am I doing the marketing activities or the sales activities that are required to actually meet that goal? Am I doing enough? So facing is being really honest with yourself and asking yourself that question. And if you are, 
and maybe you're having those conversations or you're putting yourself out there and you're connecting with the right people, it's then a case of understanding, okay, well, where is the breakdown between me actually accomplishing the goal? <laughs> Where's the gap? So what is it that's not working? Because there's something that is not working because with any type of goal, this is why it needs to be measurable. It's a numbers game. Like you just said, if you want to be out there and, and have 30 wholesales, you might need to speak to 90 people. Yeah. And we have to be resilient. In, as business owners, we have to be resilient and we have to leave our ego at the door because things are not always going to go according to plan. You're not always going to get the yeses that you want. You're going to get rejected. You're going to get people slam the door in your face. That's part and part of business. That's part and part of doing, you know, being in business and being an entrepreneur. And the difference that makes a difference is how quickly you get up. Yeah. How quickly you learn from your mistakes and the lessons that come with that and then how quickly you apply those learnings to the next stage. So you have to understand what's working, what isn't working. You let go of the stuff that isn't working and you double down on the stuff that is. And I think that's again, and we talk about entrepreneurs and business owners. That's a big mistake that I see a lot of people holding on to is especially creatives. They hold on to things that are not working for too long and it costs them energetically in time, but also in money. So if you have a product, for example, that is not selling and you're continuing to promote it over and over and over again, and it's just not selling, you have to ask yourself, is this what my audience, my customers or my, my clients want, for example? So it's being really honest and asking yourself some tough questions and then adapting. Like you can change the strategy, you can pivot, you can move direction. We're not trees, we're not fixed. It's our businesses. We get to evolve and we get to change it in ways that we want. But we have to look at what's going on in in, in order to understand what's working and what isn't and give ourselves the permission to change direction or change strategy if needed. And I think when you say on the product side of things, if things aren't working, it's generally if from a product point of view, if it's not working, you've either not photographed it well enough or described it well enough on the website. You're not selling it enough because people only see, I think it's something like 3% of your content. The product might not be good enough for the price mm. that it's pitched at. So that's one, yeah. you know, another thing for people to have a look about is look at your competition. And, you know, if your photography is on point and your whole look and feel is great, then it's probably a price resistance because price is still the number one factor. You know, I think it's um, it's the first uh, deciding factor for consumers to part with their money. You know, it's it's the price of the product. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of re-looking at that and seeing is your product worth what you are um, charging for. And then on the reverse of that, you might be underselling, you might be underpriced your product yeah. and and then the perceived value is, oh, that's too cheap. It mustn't be yes. good enough. You know, maybe it's poor quality, you know, yeah. but you've just priced it incorrectly. So it's making sure that you're looking at that competition and benchmarking yourself. Still, ma- you know, making sure that you're making the profit, but don't be afraid to charge. You know, don't be afraid to make a decent profit and a decent margin. I, yeah. I, I remember talking to a client of mine and she had just, I think, times to her um, cost price. But where she wanted to get into were people like Carvey Nichols and and that kind of thing. And her branding was high end, but her pricing was I'm trying to think of someone I could compare it to. Her pricing was her pricing was House of Fraser rather than mm-hmm. Harvey Nichols, let's say. Yeah. So, but and she was still making margin. But I was like, you need to add another couple of pounds to that. Yeah. And it was you know it still made it made no difference because they still sold out. So she didn't lose anything. Yeah. And she was then pitching where she needed to be. 
Whereas I think if she'd gone in at the price she'd first initially planned, people might have thought, you know, what is, is this good enough? What, you know, what isn't? I think that's something people need to be aware of when the price and the products, don't be afraid to stretch it. Yes. As well. Yeah. You know, do that, do a proper benchmark. And anything more on when it go, when goals go awry? I think don't freak out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Don't freak out. You know, um, as I said, things go wrong in business. Things don't go according to plan. And the worst thing that you could do is just kind of throw the towel in and go, oh, I'm done. This isn't working. I'm not doing this no more. No one's buying, you know, or get to get into that negative mindset and that mm-hmm. tailspin of like, it's all gone to shit, so to speak. You know, like you have to understand and said that things are not always going to go the way that you planned. Um, so embrace when that happens because it's an opportunity for you to learn and it's an opportunity for you to actually, uh, I guess, um, master the process, but also really understand um, your market, your clients, your customers, um, the products that you're selling. Like how can you put them out there in a way that actually maybe connects more authentically or better? So I would say just don't freak out is because yeah. I see so many entrepreneurs freak out when things don't go according to plan and it causes paralysis yeah. They almost just put the brakes on and they go into freeze mode and then they do nothing. And, you know, the, the, the way to guarantee not achieving your goals is to not take the action. So just know that things are always going to not go according to plan, as I said, because that's just part and part of being in business. That's part and part of life. But from those moments come some of your greater, greatest lessons. And I would just say, you know, just embrace them. And keep on moving on. Just keep on putting one foot in front of the yeah. other and just keep taking the action steps that are required to get you to your goal because the you know the path will un- un- unravel in front of you as you do that. And to, to kind of finish off, I've got a couple of one last things. What would you say are your five top tips for people to achieve their goals? Just a kind of summary of five top tips. Um, so the first one I would say is uh, is really understand the reasons behind setting the goal. Like the what understand what what's the intrinsic motivation? What's the thing that's going to drive you to want to achieve these goals? Because I said a lot of people set goals in business that are arbitrary and actually mean absolutely nothing. So understand why you're setting that intention, and that comes also with understanding what your definition of success is, because Everyone's definition of success is is different. <clears throat> so really understanding, okay, why is this goal important to me and my business? By achieving X amount in revenue or by being in, you know, this many wholesalers over the course of the year, what does that allow me the freedom to then do? How does this then change my business or how does it change my, my life or my family's life? So really getting behind the motivation of the goal. Um, the, the second thing is to make sure that everything, when you're goal setting, that everything is being taken care of from a financial perspective. So that includes your salary. It includes all the costs that you can expect to actually facilitate a profitable business. And again, think about where you want to be, not where you are. So if you want to have a, um, if you want to have an ad spend for marketing, for for example, or you want to bring someone on to help you pack and you know go to the post office, make sure that you're putting all of those costs into your monthly expenses, adding in your tax, and then also is adding in uh, margins for profits and things like that. And um, breaking it into 90 day goals. So as we always want to be working in 90 day sprints. 
it's we, we need to have a 12 month goal we need to have a 12 month vision but we want to be tracking it in 90 day sprints because it's a lot more achievable um, and then as you said we break that then down into weekly and um, daily goals um, and understanding as well what are the activities, the true activities that are going to contribute to these overarching goals? So if you haven't done a time tracking exercise for some time or even ever, then I would encourage you to do that because um, Parato, is it Parato? I think I say Parato. Parato's? Parato. I call it Parato. Potato, potato. Parato's, Parato's. Potato, tomato. Yeah, exactly. It depends on where the world you are. But um, that law specifies that 80% of your results will come from 20% of your efforts. And we see the same thing with regards to revenue. So if you were to look at your revenue from the last year, you would probably find that 80% of your revenue came from 20% of your products. So the time tracking exercise and activity is really important and really understanding where you're putting your efforts into, uh, how you're contributing your efforts on a daily and a weekly basis that is going to give you the greatest uh, return for the, the smallest effort, if that makes sense. And that's where we want to spend most of our time is on those activities that are giving us the greatest return as well. And um, we talked earlier about sales and marketing and that being one of a key uh, revenue generating activities. So you have a course coming up soon um, that you are going to be yeah. doing about sales and marketing. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I do. Yes, it's called the Fierce 5K Foundations. Um, and it's really helping business owners build out those key foundations that create six figures. Okay. And when I say that, I, I say that like I'm using air quotes um, because six figures is not the definition of success, but I'm using it as a benchmark to really help um, business owners to understand um, what are the core pillars that create this con the consistency and the predictability from a revenue perspective that then only give you the confidence to make bigger decisions and bigger investments into your business. So it's looking at things like your marketing activities and um, giving you the accountability and the confidence to be doing on those on a day-to-day -day basis. And as I said, looking at what are the revenue generating activities in your business, what should you be doubling down on and what you should be letting go of. And then the second part of that is the sales. You know, a lot of people hate selling and I'm I'm sorry to tell you, we are in the business to sell. Whether you have a product-based business and you're selling a product or a service-based business and you're selling yourself, we are here to sell. And we have to be unapologetic about that. So it's giving women the confidence to actually show up and confidently promote their products and services, but also know, have the clarity in how to put that across in terms of the value. And you talked about that a little bit earlier. Perceived value by your customer is absolutely everything. They have to really understand. They have to believe in the product and they have to believe in you. And if they don't, that's when there's a, when, when there's a disconnect and people can have um, issues, I guess, on really creating the momentum from a sales perspective. So this course that I'm going to be putting out um, at the end of January, first week in February, is going to be covering all of that. It's going to be giving you the clarity to know what your messaging is, who specifically you are speaking to, what their pain points are, what that looks like, how you talk to them in their language, how you then market your business, and then how you have the confidence to actually show up and sell on a daily basis. Sounds fantastic. And if people want to find you, where can they find you, Dominique? 
So the best place is probably either Instagram. Um, so it's just my name, so at Dominique Mullally or on LinkedIn. They're the, probably two best places to connect with me. And you'll find those all in the show notes and the details, uh, a link to the Fierce 5K Foundations. Thank you very much, Dominique, for joining me today. You're welcome. And- Thank you so much for your time. And if you've enjoyed the episode, I would love if you could leave a review and don't forget to follow and subscribe. Thank you very much for listening to Start, Scale, Succeed, and we will see you next week.